Hi, my name is Monica Kretschmer, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Universal Women's Network, Women of Inspiration Awards, and this is the Women of Inspiration Podcast, where we speak with women who are leading, inspiring, and motivating others to dream big. These are women who are ignoring the naysayers and taking the road less traveled. Uh, today, here with me is Cara Alicia Kennish. She is the owner-operator at Tim Hortons Canada, and uh, we're super excited to have her part of the 100 Women of Inspiration book as a contributor, and she's also one of our Women of Inspiration nominees this year. So I'm super excited to actually be telling your story here with us on the Women of Inspiration podcast. You're all in for a treat. Listeners, welcome, Cara. Hi, Monica. So thrilled to be here. Um, really love, love this and love everything that you're doing. And like, just, I'm amazed. Well, um, I think that like minds attract and it's definitely, you know, we've got a network full of game changers and women that are driving change and you're definitely one of these women. Um, you are also a public speaker and you're a philanthropist. You are an advocate for equality and, you know, you're into so many things. So, you know, let's talk about women led as a Tim Hortons Canada franchise owner. Um, let's talk about that. Like, how did that actually, how did you become an owner operator? Um, I love so much that you just asked that. So I'm a third generation. My family has been in the business for over 50 years now. Um, grandparents actually owned store number two, which is the second store ever in Hamilton. I know. Um, so I quite literally grew up sleeping on bags of flour and sugar and in the back room with all the donuts and muffins and cakes back in the day. Um, but uh, my like my journey with Tim Hortons, um, it, and it's funny, so obviously we don't really have many memories from being a, a child and being four years old, but I can remember being four years old and sitting in kindergarten class. And it was, I don't know, grandparents day or, you know, bring your grandparents to school day. I can't quite remember, but I remember sitting cross-legged in the front row while my grandfather um, sat at the front of the classroom and talked about how he had been a police officer who um, left the force to open uh, Tim Hortons franchise. And he talked, I mean, obviously I don't quite remember all of that, but um, I, I remember him being so passionate about it. And I can remember in that moment, knowing that that was what I've always wanted to do. And I, like, I've loved it. I've loved every step, every part of my journey. And um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I've had to be involved. But um, yeah, that was my starting point. And to this day, I, I'm just, it's a brand that I'm so passionate about and that I truly love from the bottom of my heart. So. As she drinks from the Tim Hortons cup. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect moment. <laughs> that was a perfect product placement right there. <laughs> you know what? It's just everywhere. So, so you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, in one of the questions, you know, I had, so what did you want to be when you were 12? I mean, did that change when you got a little bit older? Did you think about other things that you'd be interested in? Was it always, I'm going to be a franchise owner with Tim Hortons? 
Um, no, there was definitely a period where um, in my teenage years that I really questioned it. I always knew that that was going to be my end goal. Um, but being the athlete that I am, and uh, as a teenager, I was an elite athlete, I considered kinesiology and going the sports medicine route, um, just obviously having faced so many injuries myself. Um, but at the end of the day, I still knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I didn't take that path. But at 12 years old, I um, actually competed in my first nationals in judo. And uh, at that point, I was determined that I was going to be an Olympian. So didn't make it that far, but uh, that was 12 year old Kara. That was her dream for sure. Amazing. And so judo is not, I mean, how many women are in judo? I mean, that was, it's a male dominated industry, is it not? It was definitely, I think, um, and I was actually talking to my my sensei, my coach, um, about this just very recently. And I think my generation of girls in the sport, um, we really, and, and by no means me, people before me as well, but um, it was a whole wave of girls that got involved and we were kind of that beginning generation that had women um, a lot more involved in, in equal numbers as opposed to it always being men. But yeah, at 12 years old, nobody knew what judo was as a sport. So not here anyways. And so how did you actually get involved when it wasn't really a thing? Like, what was that? Like, sounds like a story to me. Yes, actually. Um, so we had this woman who, uh, who worked for us. She was employed with us when she was um, in her teenage years. And uh, she was actually an Olympian for Team Canada in judo. And my dad, um, I guess, was bantering because we're a hockey family. Uh, so he was joking with her about sports and and I guess what sport was better. And she was like, you know what? You come try my sport. So um, so he took me. I wanted to. We tried it out and I've loved it. I've loved it to this day. I don't compete. I don't practice anymore. But um, to this day, it's just I have so many good things to say about the sport. So if, um, you know, I've asked you what some of your if there's three words to describe you and um, it was passion adventure and power and I, I think a little bit of tenacity sprinkled in there if you were going to ask for like a fourth word but do you think that your you know trailblazer attitude really attracted you just you know kind of something where it was like you get to channel your energy um so yes and no, I actually would reverse that. I think that um, the woman that I am today, I I credit so much for my judo experience with um, with that because of the the um, oh my gosh the dedication, the, the practice, the determination, but the um, and, and the word is failing me right now. But that like persistence and competitive nature, but discipline. Discipline is the word that I, I can't think of right now. But all of those qualities, I think, really helped shape the woman that I am. But um, what I love so much about judo is it really teaches you to control your emotions and to step back and, you know, um, just to be able to step back and channel your energy in whatever way it needs to go. And I think that has made a huge impact for me as a leader, as the woman that I am, and obviously that I still want to be. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the sport itself, I give it so much credit. And I think that's interesting. I just wanted to talk about, you know, we used to the woman and the leader that I want to be, you know, where do you can, how would you say this? 
what type of leader, if somebody's to say, um, Cara, you are this type of leader, what would they say about your leadership? Oh, that's a really good question. So uh, I, I actually don't know what people would say about me, but I think that like my, my goal is to lead with strength and compassion and empathy. And I really, I really hope that the way that I operate in my restaurants and the team that I, I build, the team that I build really, but the, the women that I hire, the, the team in general that I hire, you know, they have to share the same goals as I do to make a difference in our community, to make that impact and to create change. Otherwise you, you really don't fit the environment that I'm trying to build, right? So if anything, I would say that that's what I'm trying to create and that I hope that I, I'm known for. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I know that you're always involved in a number of initiatives mm -hmm. and, you know, like very involved again with the Tim Hortons franchise and sort mm -hmm. of you know, the initiatives that they have. Maybe you can share a little bit um, about the Barbie dream gap, um, <laughs> because that's a really interesting story to share with the listeners. Mm -hmm. um, no, and so amazing. Actually, it was such a cool experience. And unfortunately, I can't, like I can talk to it, but not a ton because Barbie has the rights to my conversation and um, they haven't released it yet. But um, Tim Hortons partnered with Barbie for the one of a kind Barbie campaign. And um, uh, with that was, um, the you can be anything in dream gap. So obviously trying to support girls and in their ventures and give them, you know, show them that they can they can really be anything, right? Or dream, you know, dream big, be anything. Um, but with this, we created two Barbie dolls. Uh, one was um, modeled after Sarah Nurse, um, who plays for Team Canada, and the other off of uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain who is the captain of Team Canada as well. And we sold these Barbies, they're hockey parties, and we sold them in our restaurants to raise money for girls hockey in Canada to promote the sport. So um, my role in that, it was so, I, oh my gosh, it was such an honor. It was so flattering and it was really so cool. I'm still fangirling about it. Um, it was that I had the opportunity to present um, both MVP and Sarah Nurse with their one-of-a-kind Barbie dolls. Um, now there's only 50 of those worldwide, so only 50 dolls have ever been handed out. Um, three of them in Canada, the third being Tessa Virtue. Um, so yeah, just having the opportunity to see them open these one-of-a-kind dolls that were so incredible. Um, but hearing their stories as well, um, obviously with the pandemic, uh, we had to do it just virtually, um, where it would have been held at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Um, but uh, it was a really cool experience and a great opportunity um, for me. I was able to share my hockey story um, to help, uh, you know, I hope encourage girls across the country to play as well. Um, so I play hockey and I've coached my daughter's team and, you know, I grew up playing boys hockey and switched to girls as a teenager, like um, kind of that, like I said, we're a hockey family, so. And yet another underrepresented industry is women in hockey, right? I mean, there's some extraordinary females um, in that sport, but it just doesn't have the volume of exposure that the men do. And do you, you know, and it's just, I, I just, this is why it's so important um, to elevate female leaders like yourself and, you know, tell your stories and how you've overcome the barriers. But I want to hear from you why it's so important, why it's important to you to elevate women. Mm. 
I believe so strongly that representation matters. Really, if you can see someone in a role that you want to be in and that, you know, you can you have somebody to model after, I, I think that's huge. You know, uh, I um, love even the Barbie campaign with these girls, like seeing them out there on the ice. And I mean, you know, I, I want to give all the women credit that came before these two, but um, just having somebody to look up to, I think is so huge. And knowing that you are able to do it, if somebody can do it, then you can do it as well. So like, I, I just, that's it at the end of the day, representation for sure. So did you see um, the amount of traffic increase um, when you were going? I was just curious, during the campaign, um, I don't know if you have stats on coffee drinkers that are Tim Hortons drinkers, like mm -hmm. stats between men and women. Did you know that more women were bringing their girls into the Tim Hortons, into your franchise because of the campaign? So the campaign, um, I sold out of the Barbie dolls within 24 hours. So I honestly can't say that it was specifically to that, but the draw was there, the attention was there. And uh, just knowing that all proceeds from these Barbie dolls went to supporting girls hockey in Canada, I think um, made a huge difference for sure. Um, I, I, and again, we were getting phone calls left, right and center. So I think the traffic would be there, but there weren't enough dolls to really make that impact, um, unfortunately. But Well, I think we're, I'm a Barbie fan as well. I. <laughs> I think Barbie, Mattel is, you know, gosh, amazing, right? I mean, they've been really the trailblazers on, you know, um, raising the awareness for, for role models, for women. Like that's what it's all about for, for Barbie. So it's really mm -hmm. exciting to see some of these programs hit. Um, yeah, go Barbie, go. <laughs> no, no, she's amazing. Uh, I, I love everything that she stands for, really. So even a woman who built that industry, like good on her. Yeah, and that's a whole other great big conversation and we can unpack that. I would love to have a conversation. Actually, I'd love to have Mattel a part of the Woman of Inspiration so we could actually have them talk about that story and how it's evolved over the years. So anyways, that's another episode. Um, mm -hmm. But I do want to talk about your work and your real passion for being an advocate, um, not only for equal opportunity. Um, well, let's start there with equal opportunity and why that's meaningful to you. Okay, so I had to take a really good look at the organizations that I support. Um, I was starting to feel that I was um, a little stretched thin, run thin, but I wasn't willing to give up any of them. And to me, on paper, they seemed so different. So kind of my big three that I really am passionate about are the Tim Hortons Foundation Camps, obviously, our foundation, and I have a story to go with that. Um, Empowerment Squared, who are my Smile Cookie recipients. And uh, I, I'm sure, I'm not sure if I've told you this, but we placed um, second in Smile Cookie sales um, out of all of the Tim Hortons. It's a big competition that, uh, you know, um, actually a local Tim Hortons and myself, we've put on together. and. Um, we raised astronomical numbers, but Empowerment Squared is that. And then the Grindstone Awards, which is a hockey program. And I actually connected with them after this Barbie campaign. But um, uh, my point about that is that taking a step back, I was like, okay, hockey, Empowerment Squared, which is um, newcomer and marginalized families, and then the Tim Hortons Foundation camps. And I was like, you know, there's a common denominator. Why do I not want to release any of them and, and let them go? And, uh, and there's more to do. But um, 
at the end of the day, they all stood for equal opportunity. And um, so Tim Hortons Foundation camps, obviously, um, children from disadvantaged circumstances, you know, they have the opportunity to go to this leadership program. So camp is a five-year program. It's not just one one experience. It's over five years, and they have the opportunity to. Um, I, well, I hope that we make an impact in their in their story and help them change their story. Um, Empowerment Squared. It's um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, you know, helping newcomer marginalized families, but empowering them to, you know, make a difference and contribute and um, with education and then Grindstone Awards was, like I said, hockey and providing grants for these girls to play. Um, but my, my point, and I'm so sorry, I kind of went off in left field there. My point of it all is that growing up, I've always been involved with the foundation from being a tiny tot all the way through. Um, so we were able to go to camp um, as owners children when we were younger and uh, they had one session that was kind of designated for us to go and my parents would pay for us to go but the experiences that I had the learnings that I took away from these opportunities so um, challenges everything going away being away from mom and dad for a period of time right for 10 I think the camp session was 10 days um, but you know we went out west and we did rock climbing and uh, whitewater rafting and all of these experiences that really challenged who you are and what you believe you're capable of. Um, and then with uh, Grindstone Awards, you know, sports, no different. The amount, I, I credit so much of the woman that I am today with the, um, with the lessons I've taken away from sports. And without those opportunities, who would I be, right? You know, these were such pivotal moments in my youth and such teachable moments and growth moments. So if I credit so much of who I am to these experiences, then if somebody doesn't have the opportunity to go um, or to have any of the above, then are we depriving them also of being the best version that they can possibly be, like of themselves? So so yeah, so I'm, I'm very passionate about making sure that I can help in any way I can for everyone to have that opportunity. Hmm, that makes so much sense. So are we talking out west, like in the Kananaskis near where I live? Yeah. Because, yeah. And so I thought there would be other camps across Canada. There are, yep. It's, oh, okay, so, but this is the major one. I mean, we've got the Rocky Mountains here and it's close to Banff and it's a stunning, stunning setting. So, okay, so that's my background. Um, mm -hmm. That's my backyard. <laughs> Which is incredible. Um, and no, and every camp actually, so they're spread across the country. The East Coast has the ocean right there, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Everything kind of stands for something different. I just used that one as an example because I think for me personally, those were my biggest growth moments, um, climbing the mountains and doing the whitewater rafting. So. And you got to get on an airplane and fly. Yep. yep. Right? Mm -hmm. Those are pretty big impacts, like when you're young, right? It's like you're young. leaving your parents and going on a flight by yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Very cool. And so I love how the, um, you know, that's sort of been very much that adventurism part of you as well. That sort of, you know, you, you really have a sense of adventure and leadership um, that was really, and I'm going to say fearlessness. Yeah, actually, I, and I love so much that you said that because I think um, as a child, I was known for being fearless. 
and I, and I think I hope that I still channel that today. But um, because again, I had those opportunities to challenge myself and push my boundaries. Um, so it was easy because that was such a consistent part of my life, always pushing boundaries. So it's easy to be fearless when um, when you've had opportunity. Mm. Right. So, so let me ask you now. I mean, we're just in the middle of the pandemic still. I mean, I wake up every morning and go, pinch me. Really? Are we still here? <laughs> um, you know, so how have you been able to sort of come out um, of COVID and, and really you've got a staff and keep them motivated? Like, how have you been during this time during a global pandemic? Mm -hmm. So, um, honestly, in, in full transparency, I think that um, this most recent lockdown, so in Ontario, obviously, I've lost track of the amount of lockdowns, um, but this last month and a half, I think I've had probably 15 meltdowns. So, um, at my wit's end, for sure. Um, so, the pandemic, I think that in the beginning, I really took it as an opportunity to take a step back, reevaluate my goals, my my dreams, my ambitions. Um, I was determined that I was going to come out of this better off than the way I went in. I started French lessons, you know, I, I took on all of these extras. I've read more books than I, well, I love reading, but I've read so many books that I would never normally have time for. Um, but uh, to your point, with a team trying to keep everybody on track, motivated, feeling safe. Um, I think at the end of the day, I have such an amazing support team. Um, my, in you know, my my staff, my team that works for me, um, they are incredible, and I think together we really just try to um, strive for like just a positive attitude, right? Um, at the end of the day we need to show up being our best selves whether we feel it or not we still show up every day to the best we can and um, I, I believe that that's ripple effect it filters through so um with the team it, it has been hard i mean we've had our struggles um again you know I, I wish i could say that i'd gone through this actually i don't even wish that i i think that it's um a challenging time for everyone and um I'm happy to admit that, you know, as strong, I've been so strong for the whole time, but this last time, yeah, just has me, has me shook. Well, and it's transparent and it's authentic. And I think that's the, that's the message that I think we need as leaders is to not always be the strong. We are human, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, without fear of judgment, because when we can be open and honest about our challenges and our struggles, that opens up the door for others to be open and honest about their struggles because there's no judgment then. So I think that's a beautiful way to lead, Kara. Mm -hmm. um, but what if, you know, sort of, if I'm gonna say if there's any silver linings um, to this experience, what do you think those would be for you? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, Sorry, if you can be a little bit more specific, uh, silver linings for so, me personally. Silver or... linings. Okay, let's go silver linings personally first, mm -hmm. and then for your business second, right? Um, you know, so let's talk about a silver lining for you personally um, okay. over the past 15 months. Yeah, so um, again, I think, um, and without getting too personal, I've had a really challenging few years and uh, just overcoming a lot of obstacles in my personal life. And um, 
I, I think that I've been in this constant state of growth and evolution um, where I've actually almost, I've had a hard time keeping up with myself, right? So on a personal level, again, this gave me the opportunity to really um, step back. So my life normally is go, 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 go on like busy, very, very busy, just with sports, with family, with um, the business, with fundraisers and social events and so on and so forth. So um, if I'm that person, if I have a free evening, I'm like, what did I forget to put in my calendar? Um, so yeah, so this pandemic um, from a from a very positive side, gave me the opportunity to step back, reevaluate, like I said, um, just again, who I want to be, how I want to spend my life. Do I want to be that busy all the time? Um, but then, like I said, I, I've come out of it better because I feel, I feel so much more on, on track with the woman that I want to be. Um, because I've had the time to, to, you know, to sit back and really um, figure it out, for lack of a better way to, to describe it. Um, but then in my business, I think as well, we've really evaluated our, our goals, our restaurant goals, how we want to make that impact in our community um, and, you know, where we channel our energy and our team. I think that, um, I, I hope anyways, that going through these hard times that we're going to come out you know stronger together with a, you know a lot more trust in each other mm. i hope but well i think that you're doing the right thing it sounds like i i can feel the community come out of it like it's 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 in your phraseology um it's in your dna um to build that community with your franchise with your team um with your community so i have no doubt that the the road to follow will be stronger than ever. I think resilience is built between those. Do you agree with me on that? Like it actually, you know, when we go through experiences, that's when we get stronger together because we have that lived experience. Would you agree? I yeah, I definitely agree for sure. So now let's talk about the importance of um, recognizing women. Um, you know, that's another thing, you know, during COVID, you know, the conversation was really focused about COVID, COVID, COVID pandemic. Um, and, you know, so driving change and really putting leaders front and center um, took the back burner. And of course, women were highly impacted. And so why is it so important to you for women to be, you know, seen, heard and valued? Great question. I love it so much. Um, and so much that we stand for, right? Seen, heard, and valued. Um, it's broken my heart quite a bit to see, you know, to see friends, family, women in general who have really, uh, well, and I don't want to get into stats and I don't want to get into that side of it too much, but the amount of, you know, when you look at the stats about women who have lost um, jobs for, versus men or um, that have taken that back burner because they have to look after their family or their children in school. And, um, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate that, and, and maybe unfortunate isn't the right word because I do believe that, you know, we have the choice, but um, you know, so many women I feel just got overlooked and just kind of felt that they had to fall back into that trap of being the caretakers and being, um, you know, the women that were, you know, the, the parent that had to stay home. And I think that's so unfortunate. But in terms of um, just driving change, oh my gosh, my mind's going like a million miles a minute. I, I can't even narrow it down. Um, 
I think our voices are just so important. We just bring such a different perspective to the table that to lose that voice in any room, to lose it in any um, business or, you know, um, place, it's just, it, it changes the narrative of the story for any business. So yeah, I'm sorry. I went in like 20 different directions. And, no, and it, it is a tough one. It's just like, you know, like my next question is, you know, like, tell me about what the definition of a woman of inspiration to you is, you know, like who, who are the leaders or who, who are the women that inspire you? You know, what is that definition of a woman of inspiration to you as a woman who I see as a woman of inspiration? <laughs> um, honestly, I think somebody that, you know, is so, um, and I'm trying to think of how to say this. The women that I look up to are the ones that have reached for their goals and achieved them in whatever capacity that is. I think that we're all, we all define success so differently, right? But somebody who can show up every single day, um, passionate, passionate passion in general is probably one of my favorite words, but show up passionately every single day for what they want to do and uh, who make that difference and who um, really thrive in their chosen industry. You know, these are the, sorry, <laughs> these are the women that I really look up to. I think that um, just anyone that can leave with passion and show up, you know, they're, they're the ones that make an impact. And I think that's why this is so important to have these conversations of Women of Inspiration podcasts. We can learn about your story, learn about your journey, learn about what motivates you. And, you know, I think sometimes um, we get so focused on our own worlds that we, we, we don't have the opportunity to see what the others are doing unless the stories are told. And that is such a big source of inspiration and motivation for anybody. I mean, I look at, um, you know, you've got a third generation franchise um you know in your family but you could have sat there and coasted through you know that role but you're making change for generations to come with the impact that you're bringing to the table which is incredibly inspiring because it's so meaningful right i just um you know there's always two roads that somebody can travel on um, and what is inspiring to hear and see is how you have managed to take the road and really build from it um, with impact. Mm -hmm. um, to that point, uh, and again, it's something that I've sat back and kind of really thought about recently, but um, you know, my, my grandparents, even my parents, they're considered founders in our Tim Hortons world. Um, they helped build the brand. And as a third generation, okay, again, I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have this opportunity, um, but where do I make my difference? You know, and, and that's exactly it. I, I really, um, I have this unique platform in Canada. Obviously, everyone can relate to Tim Hortons. So how do I use that platform to make that difference and make that change? And, you know, I hope that that's the legacy that I get to leave behind where, you know, again, my grandparents and my parents have done such an amazing job and such amazing things um, with Tim Hortons and with our business and our brand, I suppose, and, and many other people as well that are considered founders. Um, but yeah, where do I make mine? So this is the legacy that I'm hoping to create um, is just using this platform to make that difference. Mm. And I want to say that you've done a, a, 
some other things too that I'd like to you to talk about. You've got an interesting um, that was actually put on hold during COVID, but about the Everest um, camp. So maybe you can share with the listeners some of these other adventures that you um, you know step up to participate in um, mm-hmm. that also make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so Everest um, broke my heart so much that it was uh, postponed. We were supposed to climb in the spring of 2020, so last year. And I trained for about two years for it. Um, obviously, just you know, running, hiking, all of that. But um, the whole idea was that uh, we had about 40 um, Tim Hortons franchisees across the country, um, and some of our corporate team and some of our um, corporate sponsors as well, who we were all going to climb um, to Mount Everest Base Camp. Uh, we weren't going to summit just because of um, well, so many challenges that go along with summiting, but. Um, um, we were going to the top base camp. It was going to take us about 18 days, um, an adventure for sure, and something that I was really looking forward to. But the whole purpose was to raise money for our Tim Hortons Foundation camps. And um, we, I think we were at about half a million, um, and that was without some of our big fundraisers. But yeah, the pandemic put that on hold. Um, so actually, I just had a call this week, and it sounds like, and I mean, I'm going to cross both fingers. Um, that uh, we're likely going to try for the fall of 2022. Um, Hopefully, you know, the world is open and resumes by that point. Um, But uh, we were looking for unique ways to to raise money and to kind of make an impact and and have a story. And uh, summiting, so summiting, um, there's seven peaks. uh, So that was the the plan was to do all seven except for Everest. We were just going to do base camp. That's phenomenal. And two years worth of training. Um, so now you get a bonus year of training. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and more time to plan. That sounds like such an, um, an exciting opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm free, by the way. I'll start training today. <laughs> Amazing. No, and seriously, you should look at joining us. It would. Be- oh my goodness. I would, I would join in a heartbeat. I, I also have this sense of, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, visionary, but I'm also like adventurous and I love experiences like that and traveling. So can't wait to travel again, but yes, exciting, exciting opportunity. Um, And I look forward to hearing way more about that. So as we, you know, sort of wrap up our interview, um, you know, so what are, you know, if we were gonna say, Cara, please share your leadership wisdom. You know, how do you get through those challenges Um, you know, just to inspire another woman on her journey, what would you like to share with as words of wisdom for that woman? Hmm. So words of wisdom, Um, honestly, I think some of my biggest learnings, um, make sure you have a support team, you know, know your support team though. Um, I honestly, I credit my coach. I have a leadership coach and I credit her so, so much. I think that um, as an athlete, obviously, and, and somebody who competed at an, a very um, elite competitive level, I've always succeeded with a coach. So to me, it only made sense to have one for my business. Um, but really just, um, be your own cheerleader. I, I honestly, I think above all, and I'm so sorry, my shoulders drive me crazy. Um, above all, be your own cheerleader, be your biggest cheerleader because being a leader is lonely. It really is. 
Um, I just had this conversation again the other day, and I think that you know you're there for your team. You you wear so many different hats as a leader, and. You know, there are so many times where I just want somebody to pat me on the back and be like, Cara, you did a great job, but we don't have that, right? So um, yeah, learn up or learn to stand up for yourself, learn to pat yourself on the back and really truly um, celebrate those wins, celebrate the successes as small as they might be. I think that um, too often, we we just we accomplish something and we just we're rushing and I, and I think women we do this a lot more than anyone else um, but we're rushing to the very next job you know opportunity chance whatever it is so take a step back celebrate whether it's a glass of wine a latte whatever you choose but um yeah definitely do that so that would work really greatly into my question is why is it so important to recognize the achievements of women Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, just because. <laughs> um, it inspires them to grow. I mean, you've just nailed it. I mean, you've almost, you answered my question before my question even came out, really. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. You no, know, and I think that's why I'm super excited for the 2021 Roadshow as well, um, where we have the opportunity for to launch the book featuring female leaders from diverse industries and their leadership voices, which you are a part of, um, and, and also be able to really inspire other women to step up and own it, but also for you to get your pat on the back, right? I'm here to do that for you. Um, I think that's so important is, is when women step into the spotlight, then we can um, champion with them and for them. Mm -hmm. I love that you just said that. I um, hadn't really looked at it from that perspective. And, you know, uh, in that sense, thank you, because I could really use that pat on the back. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it right now. Here's your pat on the back. I, I Not on the sore shoulder, the one that you had surgery on, on the other mm -hmm. side. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you, though. Definitely. Well, I think we need to do more of that. And I'm so excited to have you part of the journey with us. What does it feel like to be, uh, you know, on the side of a truck, a graphics truck that's going across North America in a million years? Did you ever think that you'd be doing um, an initiative like this? And how does it feel? It's incredible. Honestly, it, it's so it's empowering. Um, I I love everything about it. I, I never in a million years would have thought that my face would be on the side of a truck, which I think is kind of hilarious. Um, but it's it almost feels like again like that pat on the back, that recognition for work that nobody else really sees. So I, I'm very thankful for it, and um, it's just a cool experience. Well, we are definitely looking forward to making our way. Um, of course, we start in the fall from Vancouver all the way through to the East Coast and stopping in and Hamilton and super excited to be, you know, championing and perhaps maybe we need a woman donut. Yes. Right? A really cool, super awesome, you know, woman's donuts, right? Mm -hmm. For the cheat days. Yep, yeah, for the cheat days, obviously, but... Uh, and if you eat it standing up, there's no calories. <laughs> Is that what we're going to tell ourselves? Correct. Yes. Right? 
we can make that happen. Anyway, super excited to have you part of the journey. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know there's so many more stories with you that we need to share. Um, and I look forward to um, the initiatives that we're going to be doing in the fall and, and welcome you um, as part of this 100 Women of Inspiration book and as a nominee. And there's just, I think, opportunity is, is around us and making an impact and bringing women together. So I'm really excited um, to have you part of that journey. Where can people find out more about you, about your community that you're building, some of the initiatives that you're doing with your Tim Hortons franchise um, in Hamilton? Hmm. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big influencer. I, I love my Instagram. Um, LinkedIn has a few things, but um, otherwise I am working on my website and I'm hoping to have that at least um, the landing page up and running by next week. Super great. Okay. So for those that are listening, thank you so much for joining us on the Woman of Inspiration podcast. Um, we had the absolute pleasure to speak with Cara Alicia uh, Kenish, who is this uh, CEO and the owner of Tim Hortons franchise at Hamilton, Ontario. And she says, tap her on Instagram and also LinkedIn. So just mention that you saw or heard the podcast today so she can accept your um, invitation to connect. Thanks everyone for joining. And again, if you like this episode, there is more wonderful episodes with um, women who are leading, inspiring and motivating. Thanks everyone.